It's common in our church teaching today to talk about the Bible as the inerrant, unchanged Word of God, which means if you even question what you've been taught about the Bible, you're a heretic. But as we've discovered on our own deconstruction journey, there are a lot of problems with that. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts podcast. This is episode 20. Woohoo! Woohoo! Who are you? <laughs> Susan Cottrell. And who am I? Robert Cottrell. Well, there you go. I thought there we'd you go. Change that up a little bit. <laughs> so again, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thanks a lot for including us, uh, giving us space and your thoughts and your heart. We are deeply grateful. We're going to talk. We're going to continue. Last episode, we talked about the the Christian MythBusters and seven most shocking or the seven biggest shockers that Susan experienced that we've experienced in this deconstructing of our faith. And we said that we would get into the Bible. And that's what we're going to do today. So when you begin a journey of, um, of deconstruction, everything in your faith changes. And that can be scary, but it really is the most beautiful thing that ever happens to your spirituality. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is, especially if you come from an evangelical background, especially if you come from an, a non-affirming evangelical background that tends to be a bit more uh, legalistic or behavior focused or a lot more. How do we view the Bible now? Is it a rule book? Is it a guide? Is it an outdated piece of literature? These are all good questions along this journey of reconstruction. And um, let me start with a faith, uh, a bit of a faith disclaimer. Again, we are not trying to get anyone. We are not trashing Christianity in any way. What we have an issue with is is the religion, the non-affirming part of this, the 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 legalistic part of this that has hurt so many people and it really has in the name of God, but it has nothing to do with the God or with Jesus or with the Bible. And we're not trying to get anyone to have a particular faith experience. We don't want to make you come back to church or go to church or leave the church, but we can't talk about this harm that's been done of exclusion without talking about faith. And we believe that with our background and our experience, we and we welcome the fact that we are uniquely equipped to walk uh, people through this minefield, but you're safe here. Remember that you're safe. We talk about these things to disarm them and to help you heal, but um, you're safe. And again, this is a, it can be scary and unnerving and different and new because it goes against so many things that were ingrained into us in church teaching that was based in fear. And that's why it's scary <laughs> um, because it has that fear element, but, but it just stay on the journey. God's got this. God's got you. God's got your child. Stay on the journey of this deconstruction. It will be beautiful. Yes, indeed. So, so worth it. Oh, yeah. It's common in our church teaching today to talk about the Bible, and you'll hear this as the inerrant, unchanging Word of God. Meaning that if you even question what you've been taught about the Bible, you're a heretic. We talked about this last episode that that's the answer. That's the, um, they pull out the H word and the A word, you know, heretic and apostate to, um, to respond. When you even ask a question, you're dismissed. Oh, that's, that's heresy. And they don't, that, which means they don't have to take the time to answer. I don't know why they're so afraid of questions, um, but they are. Well, actually, I know why they're afraid of questions and they are afraid of questions. And we've seen that, we've experienced that. I'm sure you have as well. 
But as we've discovered on our own deconstruction journey, there are a lot of problems with viewing the Bible as the inerrant, unchanged Word of God. Yeah? Yes, absolutely. It's impossible to live out of that way. And it's inauthentic. And we got an email that kind of shows our problems with how we view the Bible. This is um, really an average email that shows how messed up this is. So I'm going to read you the email. It says, so I want to ask, I'd really appreciate a response. Asking with an open mind and no intention to attack, just trying to understand. If God is really accepting of the LGBTQ aspect of life, (laughs) why didn't he make provisions for this aspect in the Bible? E.g., the Bible says no sex until marriage, outside marriage, it's fornication, while in marriage, adultery. The man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and the woman to respect. My point, there are guiding principles for a man and a woman in a romantic relationship, not for any other romantic relationship. How do you reconcile that? Do you assume the same applies to LGBT or do you encourage sexual relationships since it's kind of outside the norm? Since you can't exactly call the sex a sin, there's exactly no guiding principle, or is there? So do you just go on, do as you desire? Of course, there are basics for any relationship, but how is this regulated? <laughs> for those of you that have not taken out your, your headphones and thrown them to the ground when you pick them back up, it's just like there's so much to unpack in there. There's, but I don't know if you can feel this, but I can just, the, the bondage and the, and the hurt and the fear is just palpable. Mm. In that, and I feel so bad. It's so frustrating because there are a thousand things that I want to say. Yep. There, but it's so frustrating. And so, first thing here, and I think you're going to answer this as we yeah. go on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, first thing in this is the Bible is not the Word of God. All right. It's not the Word of God. In the Bible, Jesus is called the Word of God. Yeah. So, if you're going to put the Bible over Jesus, which biblical inerrancy does, that's Bible worship. So call yourself a Biblian, not a Christian. When we do that, we make a rule book out of the Bible. The Bible does not work as a rule book. How many times do we need to see that? Mm. It really doesn't. There's a, um, there was a young gal in seminary in my class, and, and she was um, identified with she pronouns, but masculine presenting. And she was talking about things from the Bible, and her situation as gender non-conforming. And this other woman said, well, then what are we going to do with the Bible? Like somehow this woman's authenticity was an affront to the Bible and she had to account for the Bible, but she just stood up, this young woman, and said, we throw it out the window. And she left the class and she quit seminary. Oh my gosh. Now, I'm not saying that that question caused her to quit seminary, but it was like the last straw, it seemed to be, Mm. of all of the weight that's put on individuals to have to account for how the Bible fits into their lives. You know, are they adhering to this Bible that instead of what is the undercurrent message of the Bible, which is to love and to treat each other well? Right. Uh, it was just a kind of a shocking thing. Well, if you take it, if you take it as a rule book, as an inerrant, unchanging, which we'll get into that. It's neither one of those, but as a rule book, then it's really confusing too, because there are a lot of rules in there that we, that supposedly are we applying them all to us? And then we don't clearly every day, but is that it's, as you said, it doesn't work. Right. It does not work. It doesn't work. And it's been used as a weapon. 
yeah. as a very effective weapon whenever the us wants to attack the them. Yeah. And uh, this this person, as you said, it's it's she'd had it. Yeah. You know, you it's know? we've just we've left our moorings. When we put the Bible over Jesus, we have mm. lost the plot. You know, and when we call the Bible inerrant, we conflate the Bible with our interpretation of the Bible, which we view as inerrant. So then we're in the weeds. If when anyone says to you, the Bible is clear about this, what they are saying is my interpretation of the Bible makes me believe this. That's right. That's right. And we left the stream of of living water and now we're whacking through the weeds with the snakes and broken glass. That's what's happening. <laughs> the, the interpretations we brought to the Bible's position about homosexuality or women or people of color, for example, and what the Bible actually says are very, very different. But it's automatic to think they're the same thing. Well, I think too, that, that to play off just for a second on what, quote, what the Bible actually says, that can be a little bit of a trap too, because we open Completely. our, our yeah, uh, uh, we open our modern English translations of the Bible and what, quote, the Bible says now is different than what it said in 1946. We'll get into that in a second. And which is different from what it said before that and before that and before that and right. before that. So yeah. that's a trap statement. Oh, man. So this this biblical inerrancy that the church teaches. It teaches the interpretation yeah. if it, as if that's what's actually there. So it's very easy to buy the interpretation instead of the actual intent. But those interpretations are our traditions. And Jesus talked about that. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, don't pay attention to the traditions of men. That's not what we're after here. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what we're doing. And this is interesting. And we talked about this briefly in the last episode, but it's so important. I want to make sure you understand it again here. The biblical inerrancy is a recent idea. It's a recent yes. concept. It's a recent understanding. In fact, yep. it's been around how long? Like 150 years at most. Wow. Yeah. It was an outcropping, a cropping, a um, of the Reformation, of the Reformation, like a um, morphing from the changes that took place in the Reformation. So, which was a reaction to yeah, the Catholic the, Church, right? Yeah, it, which was the only church, and that's how we got our Protestants because they protested the stranglehold of the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church was basing its authority on men, the the men in charge, the Pope, the Archbishop, and the whole chain of command of men. And the Protestants, I know. Are we surprised? I'm not. Surprised. Well, again, you think about this. Yeah, it's it's funny, but we sometimes we don't. The fact that the Bible would be inerrant when you add some common sense to it, it goes well. No, of course not. Yeah, but we just assume it is. But you're about to say, uh, I think you're about to say something that is like, well, of course that was their response. Of course, when faced with this idea that the church was saying, well, it's what the Pope says, it's what the Archbishop says, it's what the men say. Who are right. in charge? The apostles right. go. No, 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 no. Um, it's the Bible. You know, it's that response to that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And they're saying we we are not submitting to your authority and the traditions of men that you've you've instated. We're going to stick with the Bible. But they never. But it it always assumed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it never meant in a legalistic, literalistic way. That was something that morphed afterward. So, yeah, it devolved. I mean, talk, Calvin talks about the leading of the Holy Spirit being inextricable from 
mm. understanding the Bible. Without that, you're dead. You're dead in the water. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of people it have makes, been killed by it. Actually, yeah, and it makes it makes so much sense if we just stop for a minute, take the box or take a step outside the box, and try again. It can be scary. Try to just not be afraid for a minute. Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, of course, that makes so much sense, but. People feel really, really strongly about this. And, uh, you know, someone, I believe somebody said to us, let me see if I can find it. I resent you in these lies of the distortion you're peddling to our children who are confused. I believe in the unadulterated word. She said, I believe in the adulterated word. She meant, <laughs> she meant unadulterated. unadulterated yeah. yeah. It's, it's completely adulterated. It has been completely adulterated over the centuries. Well, you know, we, we and this just. <sighs> what she doesn't realize is the oldest version it, that we have has 14,800 Four, yeah. differences from King James. Yeah, that's just one example that the right. oldest version known is housed in a, is the Sinai Bible housed in a, in a, a British museum. And there are 14,800 differences in that version than the King James. Yeah. And let me back up just for a second to what she said, because she's angry about this stuff that we're, quote, peddling to our children. A couple episodes ago, we talked about the dangers uh, or the differences between Jesus and and uh, Christianity and uh, and the dangers of this message that we're giving to kids that, that God the Father, um, uh, you know, tortured his son because of this, and that you're separated from God. These and and that you're and the message is you're not good enough, you're not worthy. Especially if your child is gay or 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 queer or bisexual or transgender, or in any way is doing what you don't want them yeah, to do. That you're that you're disgusting to God, and that and that's just and that she's not concerned about that, right? Right. You know, she's concerned about this. And so it's just, it does make me a little frustrated <laughs> at times, but, but we're at peddling. Times, occasionally I get frustrated about yeah. this. I'll tell you what we're peddling. And this is a great quote from Gene Robinson is we can peddle this kind of angry, vengeful God full of fear and no one will say a thing, but you start peddling a God that, that loves too much that, and you're in real trouble. Then yeah. you're a heretic. And that's what we're peddling is love. It's the same thing Jesus was peddling. And it's it's confusing to people because they've been so taught so badly. Yeah. But love is the bottom line, period, period. So, you know, this woman accuses us of revisionism, <sighs> but she has no, many, no idea how many times the Bible, yeah. the book she's holding in her hand has already been revised. Well, we hear that all the time. You're changing the Bible. You're twisting about no. The Bible has been changed and already twisted. Yeah. You know to, that copy that says new revised standard? It's been revised. <laughs> yeah, it's, it has been twisted to right. condemn those people in the LGBTQ community and those of us who are parents and family members and those who, who support them. Just a little example of that twisting is, uh, and again, shout out to the movie 1946 that's coming out. And that's the story of a one, one just one particular translation that took a couple of words that had nothing to do with consensual, loving, same-sex relationships and smooshed them together and, and created this new word, homosexual, to match the, the, the societal and cultural pressure of the time. They went back later and corrected that, tried to, 
but it was too late. It was like trying to put feathers back in a in a pillow right. after you've strewn them all over. Yeah, and that's one, that's a New Testament passage. That's one of the passages of only six. There are stories about all those other passages, and we've already talked about those in previous episodes. And again, all, all that, all the details on this are on our website, freedhearts.org, on the resources tab. Yeah, but, yeah. and there's one more thing I've got yeah. to address this. Yeah. And that is that we have lifted Paul to the level of Jesus or even above Jesus, really. We've made Paul the new law, right? Right, we've made Paul the new law. Now, let me explain briefly why we've done that and why it's problematic. Paul was doing a different thing than Jesus was. Jesus was bringing a new way to be that all of us can find life in. Paul was trying to navigate this fledgling group of new followers of the way of the way through the occupied territory. Mm. So the land they lived in was occupied by Roman soldiers. And so they were trying to keep a low profile. So he was instituting kind of guidelines to help them through that. He was not writing the new Leviticus. He was not writing the new Leviticus. And if if he were able to speak for himself today, he'd be like, oh my gosh, you guys are out of your minds. What did you do? What you have are so far yeah. from the message that was so pure that we were spreading in the world. And look what you've done to it. Shame. That's well, So are, are you a Christian or a Paulian? Or a Biblian. Or a Biblian. Yeah. So we read that email from that lady. Did you answer her? I did. What did you, I did. do you have it there? What did um, you say? Okay. Was it a, I thought it was a guy. Anyway. Oh, maybe so. Um, maybe okay, so. Okay, I said. It sounds pretty male. <laughs> <laughs> I said, um, yeah, the, the gal said, I resent you in these lies you're peddling, but it was a, a guy who wrote the original email. And I said, I said, this is a good question. I And I understand the heart behind it. We've been taught that the Bible is our rule book to guide us in all matters. But that's really not true. There's not guidance on deal how to deal with multiple wives and concubines, which the Bible says God gave them. Something we don't mention, but we can't get around if we think about it. It says little about true friendship, really. It doesn't even work as a rule book on so many levels and was never meant to be used that way. It tells us to beat our slaves and sell women as property. And if they're, if you're being attacked, throw your daughters out there to the the attackers. Our understanding of the Bible as inerrant, again, we have to stress this is recent, but that was not the understanding of those who wrote it or quoted it. So if you look for the exact rules on LGBTQ marriages, you won't find them. But if you look to understand them and live them well, you'll find principles about love, honor, respect, faithfulness, patience, kindness, goodness, those fruits of the spirit, all of that that the Bible says plenty about. We have so much of what Jesus called traditions of men in our modern Christian teaching that we can't even see it. I recommend you put down the Bible as rule book and pick it up again as principles of a love relationship community book. You say and that it, again? You say that again? So put it down as a rule book and pick it up again as principles of love relationship community. Mm. And it will make much more sense. How is it regulated? By love. Well, that's too easy. No, it's the biggest challenge before us, how to love each other well. And we are still so, so far from that overriding principle of the Bible. 
Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead us in all truth. We would do well to listen for the Spirit in that. And that leaves it wide open. That was a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to take a whole new way of thinking, far beyond the traditions of men that is modern Christianity and into the heart of God and the message God was giving in the Bible. These are very different. A lot of the issues, a lot of the issues when people get triggered by discussions of God, Jesus, faith, what they're triggered by are those traditions of men. Yes. These, the, the lies and the twisting that has been done that, again, has nothing to do with God or Jesus or the Bible. Yes, that's right. And, that's, me, and that's what we're trying to set hearts free for. That's right. I realized I hadn't quite finished the answer oh, of the sorry. email. No, that's all right. So I said, I love how you ask how this is regulated. This is a very modern question, a modern understanding. The Bible was written from an entirely different viewpoint. So keep doing the work, keep pressing into it, and you'll find peace, I said. So we have to remember that two of the most important things Jesus told us in regard to this issue is, I know what you've read, but I tell you this, and the Spirit will lead you in all truth. I know what you've read, but I tell you this. And I, I can include us in that because all of the religious leaders who came to Jesus brought their, their authoritarian, punishing God to Jesus. And Jesus said, you have no idea who God is. And I would say to Christians who present the Bible this way, in that biblical inerrancy, in that punishing God, you have no idea who God is. Mm. And then the other one is the Spirit will lead you in all truth. Well, but the Spirit could say anything. I know. And people could say they're they're listening to the Spirit when they're saying something totally off the wall. Sure, and they do that with the Bible as well. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit will lead you in all truth. And Jesus said, too, that, you know, he said, you wouldn't know God if I knocked you in the head. I mean, it's, right. he made comments like that. Yeah. That you, you're not getting this. You're not understanding. You're yeah. missing the whole yeah. thing. And you're leading people to destruction, yeah, he said to the religious leaders. Yeah. Because remember some of the examples, too, that when they brought, you know, their their uh, their slam dunk kind of passages, he completely unraveled every yeah. every rule that they presented him with. When he they presented someone to him to correct, quote, correct, be it the woman at the... Um, Forgive him for adultery. Uh, or uh, at the dinner, uh, he corrected the religious leaders. Yeah. Never the uh, the others in that. And the religious leaders of today are very similar who are the, the non-affirming leaders who, who latch onto this Bible as the inerrant, unchanging word of God when it's not how the, the earliest Christians or even most of the Christians throughout history ever viewed it. Yeah. Certainly not how Jesus viewed it. Yeah. And it's deadly. We, that's the shift that we're here to make. Yeah. And, you know, I think, so it's like you said in your answer that to pick up the Bible again. And I think one of the things, so it's like, well, what do I do with my Bible now? What do I do? And I think to pick it up as that principles of love relationship community book yes. to, to, see it, to read it, there was a, 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 an image that we sent around that said, um, it was Jesus talking to a group and he said, the difference between you and me is that you use 
the Bible to understand love. I use love to understand the Bible. Oh my gosh, it's, that's completely the difference. It's completely the difference. It's completely the difference. And, when you, and so anytime you're going to pick up a devotional or, or the Bible and you, you want to begin to read it again, remember the core heart message of the gospel, and that's unconditional love. It's Jesus took all the rules and said, if you love God and love others, everything else falls into that. So if what you're reading- It's, it's huge. It's huge, and we just- tend to blow over that sometimes. Right. But if you read it through the lens of love, as we say, it will help. So as you read through a passage that troubles you, uh, it says, well, that doesn't make sense when I look at it through the lens of love, then you can just set it aside yeah. as either either the context is not clear or or the interpretation is it just you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, and there, this was something I got out of seminary that was that was really eye-opening to me. That I was reading a um, something written by Renita Weems, a black woman, and she was telling the story. I think of Thurgood Marshall and his grandmother. I'm not positive if that's who it was, but the grandmother said, "Please read me from the Bible anything but Paul." <laughs> and and he was like, "Anything but Paul? What do you mean? Can you do that?" And she said, "Paul's words were used in the abuse." of our forefathers, our our ancestors. And I don't want you to read those to me. And if I'm what I'm saying to you as I tell you that is first of all if the Bible itself is triggering to you or bothersome, don't pick it up. Yeah. Set it aside. You do not have to read it, okay? You do what you need to do for your spiritual life. But second of and, all, and remember the spirit leads us in all truth. Yeah. So it's not like you've turned off communication with God. In fact, you may have kind of turned it on. Exactly, exactly. And if there are particular verses in there that you've been beaten up with, screw them. <laughs> I mean- Tell us how you really feel, Susan. Ignore Mark them. them. Mark them out. It's yeah, ignore a, them just like uh, yeah. the woman saying, don't read me those passages from Paul. You do not have to read those. So- <laughs> You're able to do what you need to do for your spiritual walk. Yeah, amen. God is 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 not the Bible. Well, well there, there we go. go. There we go. So <laughs> we this is part of a continuing series, not series, but continuing group of podcasts that we're going to do to to help deconstruct these various elements of faith. We'll do a message or I'm sorry, an um an episode on things like prayer. And what about prayer now? And what about community and what does worship mean? Especially if you come out of that evangelical bent, you know, what, and all this kind of stuff. So, so this is part of our, our effort to, to free your heart. You know, we, we opened our box and all heaven broke loose. Yes. And we want you to open your box because there's a life, a freedom, a beauty, a faith outside that box that is more wonderful than you could ever, ever imagine. You are beloved. You are beloved. Go love and be loved. You deserve it. Amen. Amen. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www 
www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.